Ciao and welcome to Life in Luca with Andrea. In this episode, I meet the lovely Joe O'Rourke, whom I'd met just twice before the interview. I felt an immediate connection with Jo when I met her at English Mondays in Luca and was delighted when she agreed to be interviewed for this podcast and share her Italian adventures. Jo has a rich experience of living, working and travelling around Italy. At the time of recording, Jo had lived in Luca for just four months. Jo is an online English and comms trainer. Here's the show. So, ciao, Joe, and welcome to Life in Luca with Andrea. Buongiorno. Ah, <laughs> buongiorno. Um, I was just thinking before we started, this is our only our third meeting. Um, we've met socially in, mm-hmm. in Luca, and when I did meet you, I just thought that you were so interesting and you'd be absolutely perfect for the podcast. So I'm absolutely delighted that you've said yes. So thank you. Oh, well, it's a pleasure. Exciting to do something different. Great. So, um, I was going to ask you: Did you find Luca, or did Luca find you? Well, uh, okay, I like that. Uh, it was a little bit of both. I had uh, I was looking for somewhere to move to in Tuscany, and Luca wasn't really on my list. But I came and visited it. I was staying nearby, and I came and visited it because it was here. So it was a nice day trip. And I'd been before years ago, just as a tourist, day tripping again like uh, I guess most people experience it. And um, and then my other options kind of didn't quite meet my criteria. And somehow or other, I came and looked at a few flats in Luca and I just found the right flat here. And it ticked a lot of the boxes on my list, apart from one, that the, the pollution levels are quite high here, uh, which was one of the main reasons I hadn't considered it in the first place. But... Uh, once I got to know a bit more about Luca, I discovered that's because of the paper factories and that's outside of the town. It's, it's nowhere near the centre and I was looking at somewhere central, so that wasn't a factor. And uh, yeah, it ticked all the other boxes. Oh, that's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's good that you've been here before and so you had an idea of it. It wasn't like you came and you'd never been before. Well, I had a, a kind of an idea of it. I mean, my recollection from years ago visiting as a tourist was that Luca was a day trip. And I really did have this very strong idea that it didn't have anything much to offer, that it wasn't much, it wasn't much depth to it, which is a ridiculous thing to say about a city. Uh, and of course, it has a lot of depth and it's far too big to do in a few hours. But uh, the guidebooks all suggest that it's a day trip from Florence, you know, and you make these assumptions, like, oh, it's only a day trip from Florence, then... I don't want to live there. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, when I came back, I was staying nearby in Montecatini, and then I was staying in Florence, spent a few months sort of moving around Tuscany. And the first time I came here, again, not really considering it yet as, a, as an option, it was a lot bigger than I expected, like literally physically just bigger than I expected. And I got lost, got really, really lost, which is one of my favourite things about Luca. Also one of the things that I hate a little bit because... I have been here four months now and I am still getting lost. But the fact that you can get so thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly lost in the centre, no, that's that's not somewhere you get to know in a couple of hours. So No, so so that sort of sealed it, sealed the deal. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you get lost, you wander around. Yeah, that I love getting lost in places and just wandering. 
Um, but you know you're always going to hit the wall. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because it has, um, I think it's the only city in Italy that has its intact uh, sort of medieval walls. Mm. And, um, yeah, because Pisa, the, the, the walls are there, but they're not the same, are they, as in, as in Luca? No, no, not at all, not at all. And um, I used to live in Verona. Verona has, Verona has some lovely city walls, but they kind of have, there's a bit of the Roman wall, there's a bit of the medieval wall, there's ah. different layers, different stages. And none of them actually go all the way round. Um, so Luca, you know, you might get hideously lost, but you will eventually hit that wall, which is quite interesting. <laughs> well, do you not find, though, you know, when you're walking around and you get lost and you'll find somewhere, so you might find a shop or a cafe and you think, I'm going to come back here. But because you found it when you were lost, next time you try and find it, you can't find it again. I don't know if you've found that. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. But now that it's been four months, uh, more and more... I'm rediscovering, think, oh, I've seen this before. Yeah, and then I yeah. feel quite proud of myself. Yeah. I've, I've found, found my way back to it. How does your life in Luca differ from where you lived before? Actually asking that question, I think I need, we need, you need to perhaps explain where you mm-hmm. have lived before because <clears throat> this isn't the first time you've lived in Italy, is it? No, that's that's right. So... Previously, I was living in Verona, and I, I spent five years in Verona, and I adore Verona. Uh, I really only left Verona because of the pollution levels. This is a bit of an issue for me. Mm. Um, so I lived in Verona most recently, but I, previously I lived in um, Bergamo, in Lombardy, and in a, a hilltop town called Todi in Umbria, and in Rome. I think that's it. Yeah. So quite an eclectic mix, really. Quite, yes, yeah. And um, I'm quite a city girl, but I like to get out of town. Verona and Bergamo both really ticked that box. Uh, they're, they're, they're quite substantial cities, but they're surrounded by the most amazing countryside and lakes and mountains. Uh, Rome, obviously, you have to go a bit further to get a bit of nice countryside. But I was a lot younger then. Um, Umbria, the place I lived in in Umbria was a bit too small for me. I found it a bit isolating. Lovely. Uh, but Luca is very like Verona, weirdly so, because I didn't choose it. But, you know, I wasn't looking to replicate Verona. But uh, Verona has the lake nearby. There's great bike rides through the vineyards out to the lake. You've got the mountains in the background, which is where I like them. I love mountains. I don't really want to climb them. But I like them over there. <laughs> uh, and Luca has that as well. And uh, we don't have the lakes particularly, but we have the river. So my main interest in the lake was that I could cycle to it. And here I could cycle along the river. And, and then, of course, you know, we don't have the lake, but actually we've got the sea not yes. very far away. Um, it's, I think, I'm not sure how long it takes by bike. I think it's about two hours. Is it to cycle? Yeah. Are you braver than me? Bad. I've not cycled. I've caught the train 20 minutes. <laughs> I take my bike with me, though. Yeah, but even that, you know, it's so easy. You're on the seafront in 20 minutes and you can go all the way up, all the way down for, for miles and miles. You can go from uh, Via Reggio to Forty Day Marmy, can't you? Yes, you can keep going. You can oh, keep can you go? Yeah. Not being passed, yeah. Yeah, and you can go in the other direction. I'm not sure how far down. So the bike trail from here, following the river, arrives south of Via Reggio. And then you kind of, you're following the river up through, up towards the public beach and then from there into Via Reggio. But I think you could go in the opposite direction down through Marina di Pisa oh. um, and on towards nearly to Livorno. So it's quite a way. Um, I hadn't realised that the cycle tracks, because that's one good thing about Luca, isn't it? 
Uh, and, and I don't know if it's just, I mean, you said it that the bike, you have a bike in Barona, but I'm, I cycle at home in the UK and I'm really uh, delighted mm. with the, uh, the respect they show to cyclists and the provision for cyclists and all the cycle lanes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm still in a sort of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wake up eventually kind of mode with that because talking about comparing Luca to where I've lived before, Mm. Verona is quite cycle friendly. The Verona, the the comune di mm. Verona talks the talk. They give a lot of lip service to being cycle friendly, but it's absolutely you take your life in your hands. There are cycle tracks and they're great where they are, but they often run for maybe ten meters and then disappear in the middle of a roundabout or something shocking like that. Luke is amazing. You can literally cycle. I mean, the centre is is uh, mostly traffic free and. Clearly, that's great for cycling, um, apart from it being kind of cobbly. Yeah. But that's Italy. Uh, and then outside of the centre, there are cycle lanes going in all directions. It's amazing. Mm. And it's flat, which yeah. is also also great. Um, yeah, that's one of my favourite things about it, actually. Yeah. It's incredibly cycle-friendly. Yeah, I know sometimes, well, I don't know if you've noticed, but there seems to be um, the cars. They're, they're, like I said, they're really respectful of people yes. on, on bikes. But... There seems to be one rule for the cars and vehicles and one rule for the bikes. So if it's a one-way street, nobody bothers that a cyclist is cycling the wrong way down the one-way street. It's it's just quite normal. Everybody, oh, it doesn't matter, it's a bike. And, yes. you know, and they don't seem to be, I mean, touch wood, <laughs> they don't seem to be many accidents, do they? No, no, you're right. The drivers are aware and respectful mm. for the most part of cyclists mm. here, much more so than other in other places, I think. Mm. Um, in Florence, you can't cycle down a one-way street in the wrong direction. No. You absolutely can't, <laughs> no. and you will get arrested for it. Will you really? Yes, yes. They're, they're very vigilant <laughs> on it. In Verona, you could, but, you know, taking your life in your hands a little bit. Mm. They're not. The motorists are very anti-cyclists. So I've learned something there, then, because mm. I hadn't realised I just... You shouldn't presume, should you? But I just presume that that's how it was in most places in Italy. But that's typical of Luca. That's what you're saying. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure there are other cities that are cycle friendly like that. And I know in Italy, generally, uh, local comuni are, are trying to push that you know mm. sort of healthy living and mm. you know, cycling to work agenda and everything. Because I think Italians have more cars per head than any other country in Europe. Wow. And pollution here is shocking, and a lot of people still drive diesel and there is a lot of traffic on the roads, mm. you know, which creates its own problems in with time to work kind of scenarios. It's not really in the Italian psyche. They love their cars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a bit of an uphill struggle. And I think some cities have made more inroads than others. Um, you know, like, like I say, Verona, they talk the talk, but maybe one day it'll be nice to cycle there, but not yet. So I was going to, to ask you how easy, you've, I mean, we've touched on some of it, how easy you find it to live in Luca. So, I mean, if we start with the transport, as we've mm. just said, so getting about in Luca, I think most people have the bikes, don't they? Yes. And it's also, um, so yeah, I've no experience of the bus network or anything, so I've never needed to use it. But Luca's quite compact. So you can get everywhere by foot, even if you don't cycle, I think. Mm. A lot of small towns... But the Luca has little supermarkets in the centre. So if you live right in the centre, that's great. You can go to the Pam or whatever, and it's got what you need. Um, but often the prices are a little bit inflated, etc. But unusually, there are big supermarkets right outside the walls. Mm. 
Um, I suspect that's thanks to it being very touristy, actually. Mm. Um, that is that does sort of serve the tourist market, but it helps us as well. Mm. So you don't need a car to go to drive out to a shopping centre or something. No, most of the bikes are city bikes, aren't they? Most people have baskets on them, don't yes. they? Yes. Yeah. I think it's a bit like um, going back in time, really, like in the UK when people used to shop every day. Mm. That's quite common here, but it's not just because people are going around on bikes. It's because the food's so fresh, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So people do like to shop when they can on a daily basis, and you see them with the, the baskets on the bikes, and they'll have been to the hortifruta you know, to get the green yes. grocery, won't they? And then, like you say, they'll go to maybe the small supermarkets inside or outside the walls. Yeah. But, they, yeah. They, I mean, it's not... I don't mean going back in time in a disrespectful way because they're very, very uh, current and, mm. you know, up with the trends, as we said, with the bicycles. But um, they, they, they have the home delivery service from SA Lunga, which is one of the yes. main supermarkets. But that's they? so recent. That That's a complete new development here. Whereas in the UK, you know, we were used to that well before the pandemic. Going, it's like going back in time in the UK, mm. and we absolutely don't shop or, or cook like that anymore. No. We do our massive, like, monthly shops with top-ups, maybe. Mm. Um, and I, that's one of the things I like. I love I love that the food is so seasonal. Mm. I love that, um, I mean, of course, if you go to, to greengrocers, you'll see the seasonal display up front, or there's, like, a million big containers of oranges in, mm. in January, February, whatever. Um, but you go into the supermarket and you get exactly the same thing. Mm. Whereas in the UK, you, know, you go to Sainsbury's, mm. you're not going to be able to stand in the fruit and veg aisle and guess what month of the year it is. No, is that's exactly that's, that's what I love about here. Um, one of when I first um, um, came and I was staying in my own apartment in Luca, and I've made some friends, uh, Italian friends, and we were talking about food and where best to go shop. And they said, "And oh, well, what is it you want to buy?" And I was saying, "Oh, I want." Um, this fruit or that oh you won't get that it's not in season Mm. and it took me back to being a child Mm. and I remember as a child it was only what was in season that you could get and that's how it is now and that's how the recipes change and the the food in the restaurants changes doesn't it according to season it's wonderful isn't it yeah yeah Yeah. it is and it's so fresh and the tastes you know are just beautiful aren't they yeah so is there anything you feel as though you can't get because I find it's sort of although it's a city I think I was told it was a kilometre across, but I don't know if that's right or not. Mm. I've just got the vague recollection. So it's not massive. It's walkable. It's doable. The shops, to me, it's a lot of small shops. And for a city, that's quite unusual. Mm. I mean, you do have your little Conad and you have your little Pam, which are the the, the supermarkets inside, Mm. don't you? But it's mainly independent shops, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Which is lovely. And actually, it reminds me a little bit of... um, not as somewhere else in Italy particularly, but Brighton, where I live really? in the UK. Where in Brighton we have, uh, I don't know if you've ever been there, no. but there's a, an area of Brighton called the North Lane, and it's uh, sort of a, a grid of streets, maybe five or six streets, and all of the shops are local and independent. Well, they're all independent. I'm sure they're not all local nowadays. And the cafes and the restaurants. And there is an association of um, shop holders, shop holders, store what do you call them? Shopkeepers. Shopkeepers, maybe, um, to keep it independent. Mm. And there was a, a big fury a while ago when Starbucks wanted to move in. And this association kept them out. Mm. And you know how much clout Starbucks has. Mm. Um, so they, they keep it independent. And there are, you know, all the chains are in all the other bits of Brighton, but not the North Lane, and it's bright and colourful and fabulous, um, and yeah, it's full of character. Mm. 
mean, one of my favourite shops is uh, Prospero, and it it sells all the um, you can buy um, um, by weight. You can buy the uh, the herbs and spices and the beans, can't oh, you? Oh, where is that then? Off the Abuya. Oh, so okay. if you're coming from Via Filungo, yes, and um, as you walk down towards the Hortifruta, if you turn yeah. left, and it's just on the left hand side, and it's a really old looking shop, it looks a bit Harry Potterish. Oh, does it look like it sells? Does it does it look like it sells loose coffee beans? Yeah, they have a lot of coffee sacks. Ah, oh, I know exactly what you mean. And so when I'm here on my own, yeah. it's great because if I want to cook something from scratch, and I know you like to cook from yeah. scratch, you can just go in and they'll just you know you'll just get like a few tablespoonfuls of uh, curcuma to you know turmeric, or you can get you know anything you want at all. I didn't know that. And it's really good. So it's, and it's really cheap because instead of having to buy the jars yes. and you only need a small yeah. amount, but it's really fresh and, oh. yeah, it's really pungent when you go in. It's gorgeous. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I'll be off up there tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Going back to travelling, we were talking about cycling. I feel as though when I'm here... I don't need a car. And if on the mm. occasion I wanted one, I could hire one. But I feel as though it's, it, it, you know, it, 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 you don't need one while you're travelling around. Mm. But what do you think? Because I know you travelled, you know, if you want to travel further afield. Yeah. You mentioned before you don't, um, you've never used the buses or you don't need to use the buses. Yes. So if you wanted to go somewhere else, because Lucca isn't just the historical centre, mm. the Centro historical. Mm. It's also a province and it, it's mm. wider. And we've spoken about going to Via Reggio on the train. Mm. So do you, you, you know, do you find it easily accessible to get elsewhere? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I use the train a lot uh, and it's, it's well positioned for that. You can go to Florence in one direction, Via Reggio in the other, and then you can get connections quite easily mm. um, to head up north or south. However... Most of the travelling I do from Lucca is connected to the train lines, mm. which means that I haven't been able to explore the Lucchese region, region Pro- province. Yes. I haven't been able to explore the province very mm. much, apart from by bike. Mm. So uh, if it's if I can get to somewhere along the river mm-hmm. on my bike, mm. then I've probably been there. Mm. Uh, but apart from that, so I, I'm aware that there are some sort of spots mm. that you know, I kind of have some blind spots. Mm. If I had a car... I would definitely explore more locally. Mm. You know, yes, like you say, you can always hire, mm. you can always hire a car, but uh, there's so many places to go to on a train. There are. You know, especially at the moment, I'm a little bit uh, fascinated with all the, the, the coastal yeah. options, so uh, I'm exploring that side of the, of the world. I've been to Siena. Siena's so easy to yeah. get to, isn't it, from, 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 from Luca. Uh, but uh, you can click on the Trenitalia app and you can look at services and stops and it shows yes. you the stops and think, oh, oh, yes. that might be a nice place to go. So I'll, I'll I'll go there one day. So You know, last weekend I took the train down to Rome. You did, yeah. And I took the, 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 the slow train, the scenic route, which follows the coast all the way down. And I did exactly that. I had a look at the, the route on, on, um, on the app and I could see that it stopped and literally stops everywhere. And so I looked up, I Googled some of those places, like there's San Vincenzo, I think, which I know is, is quite a, a fancy coastal resort. I thought, well, that might be nice. And I Googled all the other places and identified a few of them. And I didn't get off the train. I had thought that I might get off on the way back and have a little recce. But what I did was I just like scanned through the windows on the way down. It's like, oh, no, that doesn't look quite what I was <laughs> expecting. Or oh, that does. So now I know where, like, I want to go back to Cecina. 
There are another couple of spots that I thought mm. I might go back and explore if I get a chance. Yeah, I did a similar thing going to to Florence. Mm. So I've I've been I've stopped off at Prato and Pistoia, mm. and they're lovely places to stop yes. off. And they're not as far as Florence either, but they're so right. accessible, aren't they? Yeah. What I Pistoia like about is lovely. I love Pistoia. It's beautiful, mm. isn't it? That was actually my preferred. Oh, option. was it? Yes, Luca. Luca was was what happened when Pistoia didn't happen. I guess. Yes. Um, but I'm, I think it's worked out quite well. Pistoia is a bit darker. It's lovely. Mm. It's very medieval. It's got lovely centre. It's got lovely, lovely market mm. every week, uh, twice a week, I think. Um, and it's much closer to Florence, but it doesn't have the greenery and the river. Uh, in fact, there is a river running past it, but there's no nice cycle routes or anything. It's very industrial. Mm. Um, and that's one of the benefits of being this much further away from Florence. Mm. Like, yes. It's an hour and 20 on the train. Mm. But once you get outside of Luca, it's immediately beautiful. There's none mm. of that industrial, no. you know, blocks of the landscape. Mm. Have you been to Banya de Luca? No. Right, well, we'll, we'll have to do that then. Well, uh, you take my bike. Ah. So put my bike on the train and that's about 25, 30 minutes on the train. And the regular, probably yes. hourly. Yeah. And uh, I know Banya de Luca really well. So oh, we can really? go for lunch if you want. Oh, that would be lovely. We'd we'll love to do yeah. that one day. And yeah. I can I can show you around. And then once once you've been, you can go yourself anytime, can't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah we'll do that. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that'll be nice. Because that's in, that's in the province, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, we'll do that one day. That'll be lovely. Yeah. How do you find socialising? Do you think it's easy to socialise in? Um, in Luca? Well, I don't know, that's a difficult question. When I arrived in the middle of the pandemic mm. and everything was shut for the first two months, oh. um, or, or even more, actually. You must have um, felt so isolated at first then. Well, well, to be honest, I'd been in the same situation for a couple of months in Montecatini mm-hmm. and another couple of months in Florence. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it kind of felt normal. But I was aware I'd like signed a contract on a flat in a town <laughs> which might be full of really unfriendly people. Um <laughs> That was that slight sense of dread. But um, so I can't say how easy it is to socialise because still my perspective is, is kind of limited. But um, the expats yes. here are so friendly. I've been so surprised. Completely different demographic to the expats that I, I knew before in Verona. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very different sort of type of people, Different come from different places, different age groups, but very, very open and welcoming um, and that's been a that's been a lifesaver, actually. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. Um, and but generally speaking, so socialising, I'm not sure, but I found people very friendly here. Mm. Um, and again, in comparison to Verona, much much friendlier. Mm. And you, you feel really safe, don't mm. you? It, it's no problem to to strike up a conversation with anybody, is yeah. it? You, you yeah. don't feel uncomfortable. You feel really safe. I mean, we met at the English Mondays in Luca, didn't we? Yes. So that's yes. usually on a Monday, four till six, and you can just drop in any time and sit and have a natter and, you know, find yes. out where this is or that is. And you do make up really good friendships with people. I mean, look, at we've met twice, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that one of the lovely things about that is that um, people turn up to it who are only here for a few months. Yes. Or just maybe even maybe just visit for a couple of weeks in the summer or they've lived here forever or like me, they've literally just arrived. Yeah. Uh, and that's lovely. I mean, in Verona, there's a definite difference between people who are just visiting and people who are oh, residents. Really? Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because it's so welcoming here. Mm. So welcoming, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're male, female, young, old, everybody's very accepting and very welcoming, very interested as well. It's English speaking people. So the people that are there are not necessarily from Ireland or the UK. They're from, uh, they they, they can be from the USA, they can be from Australia, they can be from anywhere else in Europe. And English might not be the first language, Mm. but they they can speak either some Mm. English or you know, they're fluent. And you also get some Italians coming because they want to yes. practice their, their, their English, don't you, as yes, well? So yes. it's a real mix, isn't mm. it? It's really good fun, isn't mm. it? It's lovely, it's lovely. Yes, mm. It's very friendly and welcoming. Mm. Do you have a job? Do you work? Uh, yeah, I teach English online. Oh, really? Yes. Um, which is not what I thought I would be doing. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I mean, I, I've, I've been teaching English for about 10 years. A year ago, or say, you know, before the pandemic, I wouldn't have contemplated teaching online. I thought it was a horrendous idea. And the work, I mean, that it wouldn't have been there. It just wouldn't have been there. So it's the pandemic that has... Yes, the pandemic, which, which weirdly reduced all of my opportunities. Because I'd, I'd just become more highly qualified than before to develop a career in teaching, uh, which suddenly turned into a sector that... <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, uh, shrunk to the size of a size of a pea, and uh, and then it suddenly expanded again in this other unexpected direction, and that's made it possible as well for me to you know spend a few months here, a few months there, trying to find the right the right fit. That's brilliant because you can do that anywhere. So you, yeah. you you're really flexible, and you, you know you you can just move wherever you want you want to go, can't you? Yes, yes. The, I, the unexpected upside of the pandemic. Yeah, oh, it's lovely to hear something positive coming yes. out of the pandemic, isn't it? Yeah. Would you consider looking for work in Italy? Well, uh, yes. I mean, I used to work in Italy. Oh, tell me about that. Um, well, I've, I've taught at, at various schools. I used to be self-employed, so I was ah. um, had my pratita Eva in Verona, and I taught in companies. And I'm not sure if I would consider it in Luca. That is one of the disadvantages, probably here. Uh, Verona had a it, it was a real hub with a lot of finance companies, banks, um, businesses in general, and in Luca, not so much. So it doesn't really have the kind of um, potential mm-hmm. for the kind of teaching jobs that, that I would do. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I've taught all around in different sort of places in, in Italy. So you've got a, ri- a, a you know rich experience, that, you know, that w- that's obviously working well online now. So that's great, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. I've, I've repurposed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you speak Italian? Yes. So did you learn that formally or informally or a combination of? Yes, a combination of. Um, I came to Italy when I was 18 uh, as an au pair. Really? Yeah, no, actually not as an au pair, as an English companion, which just sounds so old-fashioned. It was even then, and it was a long time ago, it was very old-fashioned. But um, I'd studied, I'd done French A-level, I was going to go to France as an au pair, and then I was uh, doing a summer job in London, met somebody who'd just come back from this Italian family in Rome, and she said, oh, they need somebody. And it, you know, it just unfolded from there. So I was the English companion to this 13, 14-year-old in Rome who spoke fluent, they all spoke fluent English, they didn't need me. And, um, and they had a full staff. Wow. <laughs> they really didn't need me. I got wasted on hand and foot for a year. And uh, the first day that I got there, I arrived one day by train and they picked me up from the station 
And the next day I got up, uh, went into the kitchen for breakfast and she said, right, okay, half past eight, off we go. Oh. And uh, deposited me at a school in Rome. And they paid for me to do Italian lessons because I didn't speak a word of Italian. And I was an absolute bunny in the headlights. The whole, the whole situation was um, terrifying me a little bit. And, uh, and the school terrified me because nobody spoke English. That everybody was, you know, it was a mixture of nationalities. There were other English people there, but I didn't know mm-hmm. who they were or where they were. And, um, yeah, so uh, that, that um, yeah, terrified me and was the making of me in yes, a way, yeah. actually. Uh, I learned Italian. I learned, I was incredibly, incredibly shy, very, very introvert. And it was that first year in Rome where I realised that like sitting in the bar with my friend and these Italian blokes, parade of different Italian blokes over the course of the year, um, that me not talking to them meant that I was boring or bored, which horrified me because I'm socially, you know, I always want to do the right thing. It horrified me when I suddenly realised that they think that I'm bored or they think that I'm boring. So I realised that making a fool of myself was preferable. <laughs> and I started to speak. And then that, you know, that's, yeah. that's something I, I, when I have students learning English, and they're embarrassed, they don't want to make a mistake, or they spend 10 minutes trying to get the sentence right, that's what I tell them. Don't don't worry about it, just spit it out. And so I fell in love with Italian because Italian actually changed my whole personality, really. And um, that was my gap year. I was supposed to be studying English Lit at university. (laughs) And I changed that to joint honours, and I did English and Italian. Wow. So I have a degree in Italian, I used to speak very good Italian. It's a bit, bit rusty now. I have to admit. I, oh, I don't know. I've heard you. You've, you, you. You speak Italian really well, and you've got a really good uh, pronunciation as well. Yeah. Well, you think that's good with the family? Or learning it in Italy that did it? Well, because I've lived here on and off, and you yeah. know, like in Umbria, I didn't know anybody English. Yeah. Um, you know, all my friends were Italian. A lot of my friends in Rome are mm-hmm. Italian. My boyfriends over the years have been Italian. Yes, you know. Yeah. And, but now I don't speak it so often, especially now that I'm teaching English online course, yeah. like to French people, mm. at least before, you know, before and after lessons with chat in mm. Italian. Mm. So I noticed my English, uh, my accent has got a bit more English Okay. Uh, when I speak Italian, which is a bit weird. Well, to an Eng- for, for, from an English lady listening to you speak, yeah. I, think you, I think it's really good, your, you know, your, your accent, but I, I can understand that you... You know, if you're not using it as often, that perhaps you you can't hear it, but it really does come yeah. across really well. Yeah. Or so, sometimes I'll say something which I'm sure is completely unintelligible mm. to an Italian friend, mm. and uh, I have one particular friend in in Verona who will say, "Oh, you haven't been speaking Italian for a while, have you?" It's like, Absolutely no bones about it. Okay. <laughs> oh, they, they don't hold back, do they? They don't hold no, back, no. but that's fine because I don't get embarrassed about exactly. it anymore. So, exactly. 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 So you had life lessons rather than rather. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Which yes. is what should happen at that age isn't yes. it yes yeah that's wonderful mm. so do you think if visitors are coming here and they, they you know English speaking visitors do you think there are any language barriers or do you think this sort of you know it's quite you know they could get by with ciao and arrivederci and you know just a few odd words do you think there's a lot of English speaking um yeah I'm, I'm not sure to be honest I'm not sure look at how much people are English speaking because I mm. always speak Italian I don't really know, but I'm, it's tourist-oriented, so I'm mm. sure they speak, uh, there, there's a lot of English spoken. But I don't think it matters. I think if you're just visiting, if you're just on holiday, yes, you can get by with a little, little bit. And 
um, Italians are so generous. Mm. They're, they're so communicative anyway. They will understand you. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we all know Italians talk with their hands. So, you yeah. know, you can do that if you get stuck for words. Um, so I think that's fine. If you're here for, if you're here more long term and you have to deal with bureaucracy here, I think it makes a huge difference speaking Italian. Mm. In, <laughs> if only in Verona, now Luca's completely different, but if only in Verona to understand the insults, <laughs> <laughs> which sometimes came thick and thick and uh, fast. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So. Would you say that you have a typical day? No. Yes and no. Yes and no. I'm very yes and no at the moment. Yes, in that every day I teach. So every day I work on my computer at home. So that, that's, that's kind of my, my sameness. Uh, but my schedule changes every day. The sort of the, the fixed points, my typical day would be getting up and having coffee on the terrace. That is one of the reasons that I moved to Luca because I found a flat with the terrace. Uh, so getting up, having my morning coffee on the terrace, then I, I teach. I usually go buy food at some point in the Italian way. Uh, although I must admit I go to the supermarket because I'm near Essa which is the best supermarket in the world. Uh, uh, yes, I go to Essa I'll go out for a coffee. Um, I like to go to Kult. You know, it's one of the bars in the centre. It's just off Via Filulungo. I don't know if I know that bar. Um, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. It's uh, it's on a corner, not far. I think it's not far from Piazza San Michele. Okay. Um, and it's, it's like a corner bar and they've got quite a lot of tables out on the corner. So what's so special about that? Um, they're really nice. Yeah. Uh, the staff are really nice and friendly. Uh, that's always a, a biggie for me. And uh, they do they do really good coffee. But they, then they also have all these tables outside. And I love to sit there with my notepad. I'm, mm. I always go to cafes with my notepad. Yeah. Um, even if all I'm doing is writing a shopping list. Yes. So I've always done that. And they're quite happy for me to sit there with a coffee and, you know, spend maybe an hour. Yeah. There's no sense of you know, clearing the table away, mm. obviously, or anything. Mm. They're very nice and easygoing. So, yeah, I often go there. And in the evening, I've kind of got out of the habit of this now because it's got so hot, mm. but I was going for a walk around the walls every evening. Mm. Um, and I'd walk around the walls and I'd usually talk to my mum oh. or do a WhatsApp video call with her. Yeah. Um, and then my day usually finishes with me putting in my earplugs because I go to bed a lot earlier than my neighbours do. Ah. <laughs> Even the five and six-year-old neighbours um, this is another facet of Italian life, it is, which, it is. which is not my favourite. But uh, I put in earplugs mm. and uh, we go off to sleep. Yes, this, it sounds idyllic. Yeah, it's not bad. It's yeah. Not bad. So I was going to ask you, how does um, Luca differ from the other Italian cities and towns and villages? But I think we've we've talked about that, haven't we? You know, you've talked yeah. about Verona and Rome and. You know, I think one of the things, just thinking about it physically, one thing that's interesting about it, which I guess I kind of knew from looking at a map mm. or whatever, but um, it didn't really sink in until I'd been here a bit. But Luca, it, it's similar to a lot of those sort of hilltop towns, the sort of medieval hilltop towns, in that it's very self-contained, and they are purely because of their physicality of being on top of a hill. Mm. Um, but of course, it's not; it's flat. It's like it's very self-contained, like those sort of villages. But it's just got so much, it's so much bigger 
And I don't know if there are many people that have the same sort of integrity with regards to how they've developed, which you will find in a hilltop village, partly because there's nothing going on there, so it hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. But in Luca, there's a lot going on, but it still hasn't changed. So I'm going to do some quick fire questions now. What is your favourite or the best Italian word or phrase? You can have a couple if you want. Oh, yes. Okay, I've got a favourite Italian phrase. Absolutely (laughs) love this phrase. (laughs) Far ridere ai polli. Far ridere ai polli. What have I just said? Far ridere ai polli. It makes the chickens laugh. (laughs) It's made me laugh. And and what, 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 what context is that using? Well, I don't think we really have an, an equivalent in English. It, it means it just means that something is ridiculous, ridiculous, and um, and it's a phrase that I first heard it from some um, crazy old lady in a in a natura sea. Yes, um, and she got very irritated with the with the staff, and she she went out with all her bags and faridari polli, faridari polli, and um, and I went into I went out after her, and like she was saying it, walking down the road, saying it to herself. And I, I was going off to school where I worked. This was in Verona. And I went into school and um, and then said to somebody, fa ridere i polli, one of the Italians. Yes. And they were killing themselves. And it's, apparently it's quite old-fashioned. Um, they were delighted to have a, a foreigner say it. And, um, and it's just stuck with me. And it, it, it's really, so fa ridere i polli, is one of my experiences that I have dealing with Italian bureaucracy. It's either yes. it makes me cry in the car park or it makes the chickens laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually one of it falls into one of those uh, I love it. I love that one. Um, my next quick fire questions, uh, because you've only been here four months, I don't know if, if you want to answer these or not, or if you've not discovered that yet, mm. but what's your favourite restaurant? Well, I... Probably haven't really discovered it yet. No, because lockdown and one thing and another, it's difficult, mm. isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. Because on my own, also, see, I'm on my own, so I'm yes. not eating out on my own. Um, I've had friends visit from Verona, and we had uh, we had a fabulous meal at a place in the Anfiteatro. Yes. And I was a bit nervous about going there. It had good reviews on Google. Yeah. I don't trust Google. Yeah. Um, and I was worried it'd be a bit touristy because it's. I mean, it's the Amphitheatre, it's yes. right in the centre of Luca. Uh, and the food was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And I saw somebody from the English Mondays at one of the other tables. Oh, so, so you can say hello <laughs> like, to somebody. I know somebody. <laughs> that must have been really wonderful. So, yeah, that, that was, yeah. That was a, a highlight. Well, I can recommend Gigi in Via del Carmine. You know where the... In the uh, Piazza. The other conad is the, the old yes, one. Yes, I know exactly where well, you Well, Gigi, mean. it's very unassuming, but the food, it's, a, it's, an, it's a, yes. an old established Italian family and the food's absolutely delicious. Do you know, it's so funny, that's where we were planning to eat. That oh. was, because I'd asked on Facebook, on like various Luca groups, like, where would you recommend? Yes. And that was one of the places, and I um, I went to book a table and they didn't have any outside tables available. No. And then when my friends arrived, it turned out the apartment they booked was above no. EGG. <laughs> Um, but we ended up going to the... Um, but you have a good time, home. so it doesn't matter. Yes, what, you know, I, yes. I, I can recommend that one. I've been in a few mm, times. Well, I'll try it next time. Try it I'll next book time. ahead. Now, you must have um, your favourite pasticceria. Uh, no, I'm gluten-free. Oh, of course you are. I've forgotten, no. of course. Of so, course. No. 
So that's a, that's a no-go. Although um, I find that there's um, a lot of sense of glutenate without gluten signs. Yes. But is it? It's a bit without joy as well. Oh, so is it? Oh, so that's no good. <laughs> All right. No, okay, okay, no, okay. I can't bake my own. But uh, there is a gelateria on Via San Paolino. Well, that was my next question. Oh, there you go. What's your favourite gelateria? Then I thought, um, oh. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm always, I, lo- I used to love ice cream. I think this is one of the reasons why I've become so sort of, um, intolerant of everything. <laughs> You've had too much. I love the pasta, pizza, ice cream. <laughs> Your body say no. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm always on the lookout for places that do either lactose free or simply nice sor- sorbet. Sorbet, yes, mm. exactly. Um, but I'm not so big on the fruit flavours. They do a fantastic dark chocolate. And I think it's a mark of a really good gelatory, actually. Yes. If they do a really good cho- uh, fondente chocolate. Yes. Uh, sorbetto. And theirs was. Is fantastic. Is it Dacal Telly? Um, I'm not sure what the name of it is. It's is it? Have you just tried You know the pizzeria. Oh, they do nice pizza. I do every now and then have pizza. Yeah, should uh, Near which one? Opposite the church steps. Oh right. And so yes. I'll try that. Well, I'm I'm I am a lover of cacao uh, dark chocolate. So I'm going to try. Yes. That, that gelateria. So it's opposite the church. Yes, or, or more or less opposite. So I yeah. come out and sit on the church steps to yeah. eat my ice cream. And uh, and it's quite old-fashioned looking. I haven't been in that one, so oh, I'm going to try that nice. one. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. And you know, when you're when you're buying an ice cream, you should never go to a gelateria that, where you can see the ice cream coming out above the, oh, really? the container. Yes. That means so it should always be because they have them with the silver, they're like in silver yes. buckets, aren't they? Well, not buckets, that's a bit, but containers yeah. with a lid on, aren't they? And those, yeah. Really? Yes. That when it comes up above, it means it's got additives in it. Oh, really? Because it's basically just frozen cream and egg, maybe. There's no mm. way that it would stay frozen outside of the container without the additives. Oh, that's a good So avoid those ones. There's one on the main road, I notice it, and I can see all the tourists going to it now. Yeah. It's because it looks good. Yes. Because exactly. you can see it, yeah. and it looks, you can't see in the, in the silver containers, can you? But no. Dave has them in the silver containers. That's one of my yeah. favourites well, as well. Yeah. So, that's the, that's oh, that's a good tip. Yeah. I like that tip. Again, I was going to ask you about um, recommendations. If if somebody was going to come to Luca for a day, would you, you know, you say, you can't come to Luca for a day and not do, see, visit. Mm. Is there anything that springs to mind? Or you've not really got around that to that yet, really, have you? Well, I think, I mean, having come a couple of times for myself, you know, just not with any great expectations, and I, like, pot around the centre, go to Piazza dell'Anfiteatro, um, look at the churches... I think the bit, and everybody will probably suggest the same, the bit that I didn't realise was there was the walls. The walls are amazing, aren't they? They, they really are. And until you, until you go up onto them, I think you can very easily, because I did, visit Luca without realising. Mm. You know there is a wall, but mm. you don't realise that it's actually a park. Mm. It is. And, and not even just going around it, which is wonderful, because you have that dual perspective, you have the city on the one side, and on the other side, you're looking onto the mountains or the park or the whatever else is out mm. there. Um, but even the uh, the little tunnels that go underneath, mm. uh, the little steps that go up and down, sometimes mm. it's lovely. It's really yeah. lovely. I think that's quite special. It is. I think that's what makes Luca mm. special. Because uh, if you if you go to Pisa, the, the walls are, are there, but the, you, you can't really walk around them because yeah. they, they call it a social promenade, don't they? The, the, the walls here but you know like you say a park I'm trying to think is it Monte Regione um they have walls and you can walk because that, that's a hilltop village and you yeah. can walk just part of them yeah but uh, the park run starts on the walls doesn't it 
Um, what, here? Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, well, sorry. Yeah, it won't have been on. Like, I do the park run. Yeah. Um, it's Saturday mornings, nine o'clock, but because of yeah. because of the pandemic, yeah. it, it, you know, it's postponed for the moment. But they start on there. But in the summer months, uh, ordinarily, you see... Um, um, you'll see, you'll see gym classes, yes, yoga classes. Yeah. You know, on, on the balustrades. You know, the 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 greener areas. Yeah. You know, and you know, there's always somebody walking on the walls or cycling on the walls. Or, yeah, yeah, no, just beautiful. I'm just, just sitting on the walls. Yeah, yeah. When the bars were shut, or when the bars were only doing takeaway, mm. I'd get my takeaway coffee and go up and sit. Oh, lovely. And um, and I kind of miss that a bit. Yeah, actually, I love yeah. that. So yeah, that would be my recommendation. The other thing that I really love, um, but I'm not sure it's the best recommendation is the botanic gardens yes um mm. they're not that big and they're much better botanic gardens but mm. it's just a nice little escape mm. yeah I like that i suppose in the hot weather when it you know in the mm. city it is it's lovely that there's a garden yeah in, inside the walls isn't yeah. it yeah. yeah yeah it's a good tip that so well, I, i'm absolutely fascinated yeah i was really excited to interview you you know after our few brief conversations but you, you know the your whole Italian experience and how you've, you, I wouldn't say ended up in Luca. you're currently in Luca. Mm-hmm. you know, who knows where, you know, you know, yeah, how long you're going to stay and where you're going to, you're going to go. And I'm definitely going to try that gelato, the, the well, the, the sorbet, the dark chocolate yes. sorbet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Joe, it's been yeah. really wonderful, really interesting. Thanks very much for, thank you. Yeah. Being on the podcast. Thank you. Alla prossima. Ah, grazie, <laughs> grazie. Anche te. Thanks so much to Jo for being so generous and sharing her Italian experiences and adventures. And you can check out Jo's recommendations in the episode description. If you haven't already done so, please do hit the subscribe button. So until next time, a dopo.